You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. Today, consider this like mom and dad having a talk with you. Is that cool? Because we have some things we want to share, and I really feel like it's timely that we just share the vision of what God is doing and why we're doing the things that we're doing. Amen? And so today, if you have your Bibles, Romans 15, we're going we're gonna to launch off from there today. And as we do this, you know, my prayer is that you don't just hear a bunch of things, but you, your spirit says, that's who I am. That you become what the word says, that you, you live it out. Like, like we're not interested in leading a bunch of people, but we're more interested in being part of a movement. That's what we want to do. That's what we signed up for. There's nothing glamorous about being a pastor or a church in this day and age. Maybe at some points when we had there's beautiful cathedrals and people were painting pictures on the roof and all that kind of beautiful things. But even then, you know, things were off. I think what we have to remind ourselves is that Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit, that we are the hope. And if we shrink back, man, I believe we're the one thing that's holding this nation together. So sometimes we have to be reminded of what we are tasked to do. So Romans 15, verse 1. It says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each one of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself. It is written, the insults of those who insulted you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through the endurance taught in scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. How many need endurance and encouragement? How many could use those two E words right now in their life? May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind, there it is, and with one voice, come on, you may glorify the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Today, we want to talk to you about this. Be a part of it. One mind, one voice. I want you to turn to somebody next to you and say, are you part of it? Don't just go to your spouse or somebody you came with. Look for somebody. Are you part of this? I'm a part of it. Part of what, Pastor Mark? What are you talking about? I want to give you the it today. Is that all right? Because everybody wants to be part of something. Back in the day before we had social media, we didn't know what we wanted to be part of. Now we see things. Back in the day, back in the day, people used to take pictures of their food and post it. Remember those days? If you're still doing that, please stop. We don't care anymore. We moved on to TikTok We don't even videos. care. Yeah, now we're doing videos Lip that syncing. make no sense. I don't understand. <laughs> but we, we've created a culture where we're, we, we're, we're jealous of other things, right? We see things. You're on vacation. I want to be on vacation. The proverbial feet in the sand shot. I want to get those sands feet shot things. Uh, we, we've created something where we want to be part of something. Because really, at first, people are drawn to something because of this word culture. Say culture. Culture is important. Many of us, we don't really even understand it, know what it's about, but we want to talk to you about culture. Culture is the definition, the set of predominating attitudes
attitudes and behaviors that characterize a group or organization. Now, we talk about culture today. Many times we look at culture as an ethnicity. It can be that, right? I'm Italian. There's a certain culture that comes with Italian. My wife is half Puerto Rican. There's a certain Puerto Rican. Many times we, we see the similarities in that. You like rice. I like spaghetti. Those kind of things. Were, it's We're not both. that simple, though. We're both passionate. We're both fired up. We'll both go fist the top. You don't mess with my family. You know, that kind of thing. But that's not what we're talking about. The culture is something even greater than that. Because I want to give you some examples of things that you don't even think about as culture, but you have been programmed to think about it. Put this logo up if you want. I want to see if you know what this is. Anybody know what that is? Somebody say church. Somebody say Jesus. Oh, we have some, we have some uh, con converts we're, we're in here, hungry. the meta boys. They are fully immersed in the culture. I think they own this one here in Spring Hill. Have you owned it yet, Ian? No? Okay, not yet. Not yet. I like that. I like that. When you think of Chick-fil-A, what do you think about, Ian? Don't answer. What do you think about? Holy chicken? Closed on Sunday. Jesus chicken? We are giving too much credit to the devil. Closed on Sunday. Closed on Sunday. Come on now. There's something they say. Ian, don't say it. My pleasure. Chick-fil-A has was, I should say, in 2020, they were the one group of restaurants that successfully transferred over into the online experience, right? You don't touch me, just give me my bag of chicken and I'm on my way. <laughs> there was a culture there. There's a culture there. You notice when somebody doesn't say my pleasure, I get a free drink. Is that right? What do I get? Nothing. Oh, the whole store. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. That's a hidden. Let's put the next one up here, see if you know about the culture here. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> wow <It's> the messengers <laughs> from god's food to well let me just say this your the culture has changed see it's interesting in the way you responded if i would have asked this 10 15 years ago 20 years ago you would have said starbucks because you all hopped up on caffeine. But they really revolutionized the whole coffee game because back in the day, you didn't go through a drive-through. You had to percolate it with Maxwell House in your cup. The best part of waking up is, is Folgers. Is Folgers. In your Remember cup? Folgers Crystals? It was a block, freeze dried goodness, and you liked it. Now we have chemistry sets we poured over over 45 minutes. This coffee will be here tomorrow. We'll get it. You smell it. Just look at it. It's not ready. It's not ready. But the thing about Starbucks, the culture of Starbucks that they said is that no matter where you go, it's the same. That was the good news because if I could be at O'Hare Airport or Spring Hill or Dubai, I'm going to get a caramel macchiato pretty close to the way exact it was. same way. There's culture there. How about this one? Let's put this one up there. Anybody know what this culture is? Wow. <laughs> 10 o'clock is hating. <laughs> This is Walmart. Guys, that's the only you place you can get a hamburger, a toiletry product, a hair product, and a shotgun. car automatic. And yeah. a knife. Come on, it has everything. And a battery for your car. <laughs> and a it's the only place you can party. go dressed in your pajamas and look normal. <laughs> could be missing one shoe. Walk through this. It's okay. He's here. He's getting a shoe. Makes sense. In fact, there's a whole website dedicated to people of Walmart. Anybody? Anybody get caught on one of them? Okay. You don't want to be that person. There's a culture at Walmart, and it's like you're going to get it cheap, but you're going to get anything you want. And the last one, if we could, how many know what this is? Anybody know what that is? Now, see, some of you know the difference between the Target and the Walmart. There's a culture difference, right? 
This one is, it's been dubbed what? Tarjay. Tarjay. But the reality is, is Target has a certain culture. And over the last, I don't know, maybe a week ago, I went back. I hadn't been there in a long time. Went in and it was deteriorating. I noticed it right away. I went into the different areas, like the men's and all the clothes were spewed all over the place. Some of you know, it's in Spring Hill. I don't know if it's just our culture, if it's just they can't get people to work. I think that's the problem. But, but the, the, the culture shifted. I noticed it right away. When I went to the front, we were getting ready to pay. There was a line. Now, that's not the culture of Target. As soon as two people are in a line, they open up a new line. And so you will notice culture more so when it's wrong. You usually don't notice culture until something goes wrong and then you notice it's off or it's broken. In fact, culture is culturally intelligent people understand what makes their own culture unique. Now, again, this could be ethnicity or the culture that we're creating, how it influences the way they see the world and how it can impact the way they judge and interact with people who are different. In other words, cultural intelligence begins with cultural awareness. And the best place to start is by becoming more aware of your own culture. What I'm talking to you today, because we are desire and want to be a multicultural church, is the culture of the expression of Southview. Yeah. What is our culture? What is our culture? And what do we strive to be? Uh, did you know that culture is actually a kingdom idea? The kingdom is a culture. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to model. What does the scripture say? On earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're trying to get. What is ever in heaven, we want here on earth. It's a culture. So it's a kingdom culture. But before I talk about kingdom culture and why we want you to be a part of it and why you need to be a part of it and why it's a benefit for you to be a part of it, I'm going to talk to you about our current world culture. How many know there's a culture and it's pretty, it's affecting us in ways that we don't even realize? Um, first, I'm going to read to you from 2 Timothy um, chapter 3. And it says, I know, I'm wearing glasses, guys. I can't. I know. Let's just say it. It's stupid, you know, whatever. <laughs> if I don't wear them, how old am I, 25, 45? What, what are we doing? No, they don't. Uh, no, thank you, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so 2 Timothy talks, Paul was talking about a culture, and he says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. It says to avoid such people, avoid such people. I don't know about you, but that sounds yeah. like our current culture yeah. to me. A lot is happening out there, and there's a culture out there that isn't good. See, the traditional culture by which we have always identified ourselves, our nation, our religion, our family, it's all shifted, right? And you can feel the shift, even to the point where how we communicate, right? Where it's more of an online base. Shout out to the people online. And um, the way we work, we're working from home more. So a lot has shifted. And one of the most recent shifts is um, the one that now we have decided that we are whatever we feel ourselves to be, right? And you have to accept it. Don't, don't tell me otherwise. If I want to say I'm pink, I am pink. And you have to accept it. 
But that's not the kingdom culture. And I want you to realize that there's a culture being put before you. And it's saying, come taste and see that it's good. But how many know that scripture says, no, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? So they're putting a plate before you. And I want you to know it's a false culture. It's not a good culture. There's a kingdom culture that we need to be under, a kingdom culture that the Lord has set before us. And if you don't know what the kingdom culture is, well, we're not going to talk about that fully today, but it's all in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. If you want to know what the kingdom is, look to the Word. Amen. See, there's a, there's a kingdom culture that supersedes everything. If we right. confess to be a Christian, the culture that we should emulate is the culture of heaven. It's knowing who he is, what Jesus came to do. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God all throughout his life of ministry. Mm -hmm. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. He kept talking about the kingdom, even though his disciples and the people listening didn't understand what the kingdom was. Good. It's interesting that when Jesus talked about the kingdom, it was always different or actually in direct opposite to what the culture of the time was. Yeah. The culture said, don't do anything on the Sabbath. Jesus healed people on the Sabbath. There was a difference in there. And kingdom culture is foremost at the top. Yep. But then what God has done is he's now brought his church and he's allowed the church to be the example or the representation of the kingdom of heaven through the different areas and flavors and expressions of each and individual church culture. Yeah, And you might be thinking, well, I don't, I'm not going to be a part of that culture. You're a part of a culture, whether you like to That's be right. or not. That's right. I remember when, um, like, for example, when I was in high school, I was I went to a, a public school so I was part of that culture but I also went to a youth group so I was part of that culture and so I could easily be enticed into going with the high school my secular friends because I want to be a part of a culture but I had the church culture that I was I could fit in so shout out to youth group and the salt you know it's so important because you're dying to be part of something you want to feel needed you want to feel wanted that's why there's a thousand groups on social media and one because you want to feel a part of something yeah and and even like when Paul would exhort the church, mm -hmm. he would do it per the culture that he was speaking to. That's right. So when Paul exhorted the church of Corinth, it was different than the church of Ephesus. And he understood the people in those particular areas. So it's not that the kingdom culture changes. It's just the way that we send that information to a particular group of people. The way that I'm communicating to you would be different than how I would communicate in an underground church That's in right. China. That's right. So what we're saying is, is that God has specifically set up the churches, whether it was the Church of Corinth or Ephesus or Philippi or even the Rome, Paul was still speaking the gospel, the kingdom message, but to different churches in different expressions. Church connection is important. Yeah. And, and how many know that the kingdom of heaven is a culture? And that's what we're trying to get to, that's right. heaven. Because church connection, like you said, is very important. And I, I liken to the fact that I don't have to be here. I get to be here, right? Like, if you feel like you have to be here, I'm going to pray that you feel like you want to be here. But I, I get to be here. I, I get to enter into the Holy of Holies. Not everybody did at one point, you know? I, I get to do these things, and, and it's a privilege and an honor to do that. So when I don't feel like it or I don't want to, no, I push through because it's, it's an honor that I get to give back to the Lord, and I hope we all get to that point because we're trying to create a culture of heaven. Psalm 68, 8 says, God sets the lonely in family. And that's why we say, 
you got to get connected into the church. You're going to hear, yeah, of course the pastors are going to say, you got to be in church. You got to be in church. But if you break down family in Hebrew, it's actually a word that means bayet, and it actually means house, dwelling, or even temple. So what the Lord was actually saying was he sets the lonely in the church, right? In the temple, in the house. He wants us to be here. Why? Because he knows the importance of it. Because Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as a as of the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day coming. See, we need to be here. We need each other. You might not think you do, and, and I'm sorry if you've been hurt by church and, and the people of church. Listen, we're all broken and unperfect people. Just because you come to church doesn't make you better. You know, Our hope is that we do strive to be more like Jesus, but there's people you're going to get hurt. But don't neglect it because there's something that we experienced. Like when we were in that worship experience just a couple minutes ago, there's something that you're feeling, right? You might not know what it is. You might not be able to participate in it because you don't know how you're not sure, but there's a feeling and you're not going to get that all by yourself because there's a gathering of the saints and there's something that we're each bringing. You know, when I hear Miss Wanda, you know, shouting out, that stirs me up in my spirit. Like, yeah, let's, let's go, let's do this. When I see somebody passionately worship or interceding, it's like that stirs something in me. And that's what he's saying. We stir one each other up. So you need to come, you need to be a part of it. You need to be in the house of God where you can be changed. Um, the Jewish culture, you know, we're talking about culture, and we've been to Israel. Well, I've been once, you've been twice, and we know that the Jewish culture, they honor and reverence things, which is huge in our Western culture. We are not a people that reverence the Lord like we should. Really, I've been convicted of this so many times, all the time. I'm like, I don't reverence the Lord like I should. I go about my day-to-day, and I fit him in when I need him, really. And it's like, no, I need to reverence God. Like, he is holy. Like, when we just had that moment, we were saying, it's like we almost should have just waited here. I'm sorry if you're not comfortable, if you don't know what to do, but there was a moment here where the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of God wanted to come down and touch us and speak to us in the way that ministers to you because we're all different. And, And I want us to get to a place where we're reverencing those moments and you don't just have to have them here on a Sunday morning, right? We get these moments all, all the time. You can go in your car, at your work, in your house, wherever it may be. You can have those moments of reverence for the Lord. So the, the culture, you know, in the Hebrew, they used to, they don't do it as much, but they reverence the Sabbath, which is from sundown on Friday night to sundown Sunday night. Is that correct? And they don't do anything. They abstain from the work. Just so you, if you didn't know on the Ten Commandments, one of the commandments is to uh, honor the Sabbath. The Lord God of the universe rested on the, what day? Seventh. How do we think we're not going to do this properly? We don't know how to rest. We don't know how to stop. We don't know how to, how to do this. And, and the issue is with the church at large today is when we tell you to rest and honor the Sabbath, one of the very first things people do is, well, I'm going to take off on Sunday. I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to get my meal prep done. I'm going to rest. I'm going to sleep in. Unfortunately, that's the track where we see where it's like, no, 
you need to be here. This shouldn't be work. This shouldn't be a burden to come into the house of God. You should come here and be with people that fill you up and spur you on and give you that B12 shot to go out and, and take on the world until tomorrow, right, where you have to get it for yourself. <laughs> But that's what it should be. It should be a joy. It says, I was happy when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Why? Because you people are here. I get to see your faces. I get to enter worship with you guys. And that's the culture we're trying to create. That's the culture we want you to be a part of. Because when you're a part of this, great and amazing things happen. And we're actually the product of being in a culture like this for all our lives. And we don't neglect that. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there is... Uh, an action that takes place when you're part of something, right? We, we, we're responsible to react to what God is. And many times we feel like we need to receive, but there is also a giving back to him. We've, we've felt like in this culture today where it's, it's almost a struggle to get people to give. And I'm not just talking about finances, but there's three T's that you've probably heard in any church membership class or anything. It's the time, the talent, the treasure. And this is where people go, oh, this is where Pastor Mark wants my money. He wants my time. He wants me to serve in children's ministry. But you don't, if that's your response, you're missing it. Because really, we give our time, talent, and treasure to anything we're connected to. This past week, I think there was some kind of Game of Thrones, new show, Dragon something. I don't know. I don't watch that stuff. And if you watch it, you're... No, anyway. But the point is, is all I know is it was the rage. It was like the highest rated watch TV show on whatever. The point was, is that it cost you something. It cost you your time, and it cost your... Your treasure. You have to pay HBO subscription to get it and watch it. But we just freely do it. If you're a golfer, I'm not a golfer, but I know it costs things to do it. Number one, it costs your, 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 your talent because you're there trying to figure out how can I be like Tiger Woods, even though you're probably past your prime and he is in his does prime. He still or was. Golf? Yes, he does, and okay. he's still good. But the reality is, is it costs you something. It costs you your time. Doesn't it take like 14, 17 hours just to get through a whole round? Whatever that is. But it also costs it also costs your talent, your treasure, membership to get on the course. See, I, we could go on and on. There's time, talent, and treasure we freely give. But when it comes to church, we 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 kind of squander it away. Now, what is your time? Your time is your schedule. Yeah. Now, how hard is it to give our schedule? That is such a tough thing for us to give to the Lord. In fact, if you've been to church long enough, sometimes you feel like you have to do things for the Lord when sometimes the Lord just says, give me some free time with you. Then there's the talent. That's your gifts, your callings. Did you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were not for you, but for the building up of the church and others in the church? So if you hoard your gifts, you're in dis direct disobedience to the very gift that was given to you. And the treasure is your finances. The reality is, is if you can't give 10%, <laughs> if we're arguing over 10%, you miss the whole thing. Because that's the baseline. So when people say, tithe, 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 I'm thinking, no, just give. It should be above and beyond that. If you got to start there, great. But people go, well, I can't afford to give. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There, yes, I can't afford to give. The reality, I know, I'm getting there, sweetie. The, the reality is, help me out here. The reality is, people have said to me, I don't know how you can do this with 10 kids. I'm telling you, financially, I don't make enough money to do this. I don't. We look at each other sometimes. We're exhausted in our time. We don't know how we do it. And the reality is, is, is because we give back to the Lord. We've been obedient. Now, I'm not just trying to say, look at me. I'm just saying, I'm walking it out too. I know I'm dependent on God. Like if he does not supply over and above, because I need more. These kids eat a lot. 
Sam's Club and Costco is expensive. <laughs> but see here, the problem is, is many times we know we need God and we know we need people, but really we don't engage until it's too late. And so when something ba bad happens in our family, we're looking for our tribe. Don't let a tragedy create a time for you to look for a tribe. You should have a tribe in case of a tragedy. You should have a group of people for those places in your life. And many times we've become like Target, right? What has Target done for me? I went in. I was noticed it right away. Everything was broken down. There's no help. Things were behind. It was dirty. It was unkept. And we finally figure out that then we have to get things right. And what if we were constantly going into the culture of heaven, pulling on God and saying, God, I need you now in the good times because I know you'll sustain me through the bad. Yeah. And if we could get our minds to shift from a consumerism yes. mindset, yes. because a lot of times we do that with the Lord. Right. You know, we'll come to church, we'll ask of God, we'll get what we wanted, and then goodbye. We don't, you know, it's hard, right? That's our culture, right? That's what it's taught us to do. It's taught us to be impatient. It's taught us we can have whatever we want. It's taught us all these things. So, kingdom culture it's what do we say it's an upside down kingdom we have to reverse our mindset right take every thought captive and make it obedient what my my i want to do this but the word says this right because if we're not doing that we're going to get swept up into a culture and before you know it how did i get here it's it's really easy the church's main mission, we've lost focus on that as well, which is there's a lot of scriptures that talk about it, but I'm just going to talk about Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And it says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. That's the Great Commission, right? And how many know we're not doing it really and why? Yeah, there's probably lots of reasons, probably because we need to get our house in order, our, our stuff in order, and that's what we're doing here. We're cultivating an environment where we can be equipped, where we are discipled, where we are um, being in, engaged, you know, all the deeper things, making prayer important, because we want you to get to a point where it's just an outflowing of who you are, right? Prayer is just an outflowing. If I'm, wherever I am, I'm, I'm on the spot praying. I'm engaging people, especially those on the outside. I'm, I'm evangelizing wherever I go to the person in Walmart, and I'm discipling because I want to build the kingdom of God, right? So, our mission, Southview's mission statement, I don't know if you've heard it or if you need to be reminded of it, but this is what our mission statement is as Southview Church and your mission statement. Yeah. We are a diverse family of believers in Christ that know who we are, walk in our gifts, and share the love of Jesus in the places we reside, yeah. meaning it's not just in here, guys. We focus on scripture, worship boldly, walk in freedom, believe in miracles, and unite the church. That we is you guys, yeah, it's right? Us. It's all of us. That's right. So when we look at this mission statement, it seems daunting, but the reality is, is we get to partner together. That's the only way we're going to yeah. do this. Kingdom of heaven brought through us so that we can see people changed. And so on this shirt, it says one mind, one voice. Again, that's Romans 15. We read that. But here's the good news about one mind, one voice. 1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you, brothers. This is Paul saying, please listen to me. By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of y'all agree. That's what he would have said if he came to Spring Hill. All of y'all better agree 
that there be no divisions among you, that you may be united in the same mind, in the same judgment. Parallel that with Romans 12. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so that we, though many, are one body in Christ and individual members one of another. That does not mean that we are all the same. See, this is the difference between uniformity and unity. This is the beautiful thing about it. Listen to this. There is... Uniformity is the state or character of being uniform or, in a sense, absent of variation or difference. We know that God created us different for a reason. And so this is the struggle the church has because many times it's easy to find a church full of people that look and sound like you. But that's not what kingdom culture is. It's a diverse church of culture, diverse church of age, background, job status, and understanding that when we come together, look what we do. We look like Revelation 7. This is John seeing a vision. It says, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and with one voice, there it is, with one voice they salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. There is the unity in diversity. There should be. We should be unified together, even if we don't agree on everything. We won't agree on everything. We won't. <laughs> we should agree on the kingdom of heaven culture. This is how I connect with other pastors. Because we don't all have to agree on theology. Like, we could sit down, and I, I meet with all different pastors, people, Baptists, Assemblies of God, uh, Anglican, all different kinds of pastors, and we agree on the fundamental, the basic, the core value. We're all going for a prize, right? It's about football. I'm going to bring this in for you, okay? Football season's coming in. Go Eagles. We're winning the Super Bowl this year. I say that for him, guys. I'm not <laughs> but ready they're to say all, that. But. They're all on a team, right? The yes. men are going to track with me. All yes. on a team. They're Looking all playing Lions different. Fans. different <laughs> you're all playing different positions, right? Come on now. But you're in unity ah, for hallelujah. the goal of the Super Bowl yeah. prize, right? Ooh. And so that's like the church. We're yes, all on Jesus. the same team mm -hmm. in different positions, yes. but our prize is Jesus Come and bringing on. his kingdom. Man, if we... If we <laughs> Go Eagles! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's get through a couple games before we say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did mom and dad want to teach you today? <laughs> there is a culture here at Southview, and over the last few months, God has been redefining things for me. You know, next week we go to two services, and realistically, realistic, wow, okay. Well, realistically, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how this is going to happen. Um, and, and it's been, it's kind of messed with me a little bit because part of me feels like it's a step backwards. Only because we can't create enough space for people. You know the struggle. Many of you that have been at Southview long enough know we have land. Just have some hiccups getting the land built on. But the reality is, is I believe God is in even the delays, right? So there's something he's teaching us. So as I've been seeking him, he's been talking to me about what is the culture of Southview. So today, I want to show you this diagram of what I believe God has given us to create as our culture. There's just three circles here. And I want to talk to you about them. Number one, the one on the right there or the left, however you're looking at it, is the word family. And go back to Romans 15. Let's break it apart. It says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbor or our family 
for the good, to build them up, accept one another, verse 7, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And look at this in 1 Corinthians 12. I'll parallel that. For just as the body is one and has many members, all of the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. What Jesus is saying to the church today is, I want you to be family. Now, family can fight, family can disagree, but don't mess with family. Don't you mess with my brother that I just put in a chokehold. Only I can do that. You will not do that because we will come. That's what family does. Family, we know this. They will fight one moment and hug another moment. It's doing life together. Sometimes we think it's going to be perfect. How many have had a perfect family? No hands going up. Why? Because family can be messy. But family is what God placed you in. Family is what we're called to be part of. So if we're not connected to the family, we're missing a very aspect of the kingdom. Kingdom is family. So look at this. What are some examples of getting connected? It's Armada. That's for our men. It's Refresh for our ladies. It's Sage for our olders. It's SV Kids for our youngers. It's The Glow for our tweens. It's Salt for our youth. It's Young Adults for our young adults. It's family groups. We have things to connect you into the body so that you don't leave this place without knowing the person's face. I made that up. Did you get that? <laughs> family is important. Presence is important. That's right there on the top. Romans 15, 6, so that with one mind and one voice we may glorify the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the word glorify? The word glorify, the definition is to give glory, honor, or high praise, to exalt, okay, to glorify the God and Father. What does glory mean? John Piper does a great, and I think is a great definition. The glory of God is the manifest beauty of his holiness. It is the going public of his holiness. It's the way he puts his holiness on display for people to understand. So the glory of God is the holiness of God made manifest. Well, what's the word manifest mean? Good, I'm glad you asked. The definition is clearly apparent to the sight or understanding. That means that the presence of God can be manifested in front of us. We can actually see and understand the presence of God. It is not some mystical thing, but at one point in history, it was a fire by night and a cloud by day. In some moments, it was a burning bush that wasn't consumed. In some places, it was Jesus in flesh form. The presence of God is still here. And we need to be a people that reverence it and honor it and get to know it. And I, I, I smell the presence. I, I, I taste the presence. Well, that sounds weird. No, it says taste and see that the Lord is good. The presence of God can be felt with our five senses. How do we do this? Well, we cultivate environment like what? Prayer nights, gatherings, worship, revival night, this Wednesday, where we actually sit with more time and say, God, we want you to move. We're not going to push through this on our own strength. We're not going to work it up with lights and sound and smoke. We're just going to sit here and let you move. Come on now. This is what the church has to come back to. And the last one, the one on the left there, is equipping. Romans 15, 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in Scripture and the encouragement they may provide that we might have hope. Hope. We need hope. 
So how do we do that? We equip the saints. That means we have Southview School of Equipping. Come on, starting up in September. Get into this. There's a class. There's a class. <laughs> There's classes coming. There's conferences coming. There's the Freedom Center where you can be completely free from all that junk in the attic up here. You can actually be whole. Do you know Scripture says who the sun sets free is free indeed? You do not have to live in bondage. You need to be equipped in that. So let me break it down this way. I'm going to show you the action statement for these three things. Number one, join and create family. Seek and cultivate his presence. Receive and impart equipping. That means if you're at Southview, you're receiving and you're giving. You're receiving a family and you're giving. You're creating family. You're seeking his presence and you're cultivating at home, at work, in school. And also you're receiving equipping and you're discipling others. That's the way Southview was created. Let me even give it to another way. If you put that three circles up there, if you could, let me show you this. The family part of it, what is it? It's Jesus. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to bring us in, to graft us into the vine. He became our gap. He filled the gap. So now no longer is it just the Jews that he came for, but it's also the Gentiles. He brought us into family. Then there's the presence. What is the presence? That's God. Come on, man. The God's presence and the equipping is the Holy Spirit. So even in those three cultural icons, we have Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. The reason why we're going to two services is because we believe that we need to be better at these three things. We need to cultivate family. That's why I'm going to encourage you, come early and stay late. We're creating a time in between two services where you should be able to see one another and reach out to one another and pray for one another. You know, we believe that prayer ministry can happen outside of these four walls. People are going to get healed in the parking lot. People are going to get healed after the service, sitting down. Somebody comes up, can I pray for you? Can I prophesy over you? That's creating family. Take it out to the restaurants. Come on, we also believe that his presence. We want to create more atmosphere, time, that we can actually say, let's linger here. We, we, we got time. We don't have to go anywhere right now. Oh, well, Pastor Mark, I got to go. No, you don't. What is greater and more important and more pertinent than the presence of God? And then the equipping. We believe very strongly that this church should be a lecture and lab where we share and then we equip and then we walk it out. I want to see people praying in church. Believe it or not, that's something we should do in church. Sometimes people get so freaked out, we got to pray together. Tightening back up, and we're going back and to the culture I will of apologize heaven. on behalf of the church for not equipping the saints That's properly. Right. There was a breakdown in the equipping. Yes. And so we're going to bring that back where we're equipping you with the tools and the power to go and be who you were created to be. See, culture is more important than status. Because if we just say, hey, we could pack out this place and run a 1,000 people and have 12 services and do all these things to look good. But if we don't have the culture of heaven, we've missed it. It's an event. And I'm telling you, I've talked to pastors, so many pastors. There's churches that are just existing. We've got a great building. People aren't showing up. Church is declining in attendance, but we believe that if we go back to the culture of heaven and we funnel that through what has God called Southview to be, I believe that we will develop a tribe of people that through matter whatever tragedy is coming, we will be ready. So let me just say this again. It comes down to this. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth in us as it is in heaven. And that's what we want you to be part of. So with every eye closed, if you would, just in this moment right now, 
today I just ask you today, what is it that God's called you to do? Who's he called you to be? Where has he placed you? Maybe this is your church and this is a message just to share with you. It's time to go. The good news is we don't have to be everything to everybody. There's so many great churches and ministries in this city, but God places people into family. And so today, even right now, I just remove the busyness, all the junk of the day, all the stuff. Lord, we just cry out to you. We just say, God, we want you to be Lord of all, King of all. Remind us that it's about your kingdom come. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the sun sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.